Hello, friends. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, your show where we try to help IT professionals in all shapes, forms, and sizes support their business clients better, smarter, and faster. Today's show is sponsored by SuperOps, your ultimate solution for streamlining operations and maximizing efficiency. Are you tired of manual tasks slowing down your business? Well, SuperOps offers cutting-edge AI technology to automate processes, automate workflows, and boost productivities. Say goodbye to tedious tasks and hello to increased efficiency. Visit SuperOps.com today. All right, folks. Uh, I had mentioned early in the month of February that I wanted to reach out to some community leaders, influencers, Facebook groups, and find out how we were all helping each other in our businesses. For some reason, the last few months, it seems to have been a big push on community and education. So one of the persons that I reached out to, Abby Babinchak, is here. Of course, you know her. She has been a staple in our industry for over 20 years Amy, how are you? I'm good. Uh, good. I don't think I've ever been called a staple before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to go out and find words, you know. Um, yeah. You know, you know. It's easy to say, "Oh, she's been a pillar in our community." Been a um, what was it? Trailblazer. What are the other words they use about it? a lot of words? Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Pillar uh, staples fine. Staples fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like a stand a standard bearer. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, for those that do not know Amy, uh, she was a guest on our podcast back on show number four eighty four a while back, and uh, she's also done a lot of things in the community. I mentioned she uh, owns a couple of businesses, had an MSP for a while, uh, provides uh, counseling peer groups through third tier. Um, do you still? have sell my MSP? Yes, we do. All right. Yeah. So folks, if you are in a position where it's time to exit and you're thinking about selling, Amy might be somebody you should reach out to. So uh, you know, everything I do is about, is about community, right? In uh, October 1st, the new owners of my MSP took over. So it's very, very recent transition after 23 23 years, nine months. So it was a good long time in, in that business. And, um, but, you know, I've, I've had third tier since 2008. So also a good long time. Yeah. And um, third tier, you know, as our, our tagline says, you know, all we do is support IT pros. And I mean that from a very broad perspective, like you were describing, you know, training, peer groups, Still do a little bit of technical support only for Microsoft 365 these days, um, but really just trying to help people be better in their business and get involved and have others to talk to and sort of generate that that sense of community, you know, so you, you know you're not out there alone and you're just not out there posting around on social media that you have an actual group of people that you might get to know over time. Right. Now, third tier was started back before 
social media and being able to just hop online and find a group and jump into a chat and stuff like that. How has the world differed, you think, in terms of what third tier started out as and where we are today? Well, we started out just doing technical support, you know, being that place where, where, uh, you know, MSPs, IT pros, whoever we do some, we never, we didn't never had any of our own clients, right? Our clients were, were you. And so, um, you know, we just, I, I knew a lot of people that were really amazing technical, technical folks and they were willing to help. And so we just created a forum to, to make themselves available. Eric Neal and I started the company together. He passed away a few years into it. So it's been just me ever since. And um, both he and I were Microsoft MVPs. I'm still a Microsoft MVP, 18 years running now. And um, when that happened, I started to get a lot of calls from other IT people asking if I could help them. And yeah, I was really focused on running my own MSP at the time. And and so I sort of was doing it on the side for a couple of years and then uh, it was becoming kind of a big thing and didn't really fit with my MSP, right? So um, so that was the reason why Third Tier got started. But it has really morphed a lot over the years. And it's just in response to what sort of help do people need now? You know, we used to do tons of work on Exchange servers and tons of work on Exchange server migrations, SQL server migrations, domain migrations, you know, all that all that good stuff when everything was on premises. Yeah. Um, and then we did tons of work migrating, helping people migrate from on-premises to the cloud. Um, and then when that, you know, when that was sort of done and everybody was in the cloud as much as they wanted to be, I actually shut our support services down and I said, okay, you know, that part of life is over and now, you know, let's move on. I was d- developed a couple of webinar series and wrote an ebook and was really just working on helping people with, with training. Um, and then now we've added peer groups and we have some Facebook groups that go and uh, I post a lot of stuff on social media, just um, a bunch of different social media places. So on LinkedIn, on Facebook, I only post to my own page and in my own groups. I don't post to all the groups out there. Um, then I also do Mastodon, Threads, Post News. You know, trying to get in with some of the the new communities that are out there as everything just sort of broadens its its reach, you know. Yeah. So first of all, that's a lot of posting. Yeah. I, well, I, thank thank goodness for tools because yes. you know at least it it you know I can create the thing and then there's a a tool that I use called Publer which I just love and it will it will post them to all the other places for me. Right. <laughs> Probably saves me half an hour just from not having to flip around between social media outlets to repost something. Right. So let let me ask this clarification question in terms of what the peer groups do at third tier versus what the Facebook groups do. You have two, by the way. I should let listeners know you've got uh, the uh, Intune group and the ransomware and security group on Facebook. But but how do they differ? Well, peer groups are – Peer groups are way different than Facebook groups, 
right? In a Facebook group, you might get to know some of the people there, um, but they're not necessarily people that you trust with the intimate details of your business, right? They're usually there to work out some kind of, of technical issue or some discrete marketing issue, maybe to get some advice on, you know, what are you guys doing for marketing now? You know, you hear that question over and over again. Um, But the peer groups, uh, you know, I have three peer groups. So we have a a large business, a small business and a solopreneur group. And they each have six businesses in them. I've limited them just to six. And these folks get together every month and um, they talk about what's new in their business. And then they talk about, you know, the latest challenge in their business. And everybody in the group provides input and their advice and their experience on how to, to you know, how to maybe address that particular issue. So it's not at all about technical. It's about running running a better business and, you know, developing that, that group of friends I started this just two years ago and, and, you know, there's so many peer groups in the world. I thought, well, you know, people say you should start peer groups and cause I, you know, they thought my business was well run and my MSP and maybe I would have, you know, some advice for folks. And I thought, well, um, maybe, maybe I'll give that, give that a go, but there's so many peer groups out there. So is there really a need for this? Um, and I said, oh, we'll just start with, with two. And I divided them into, you know, smaller and larger. Um, and they filled up in the first week just instantly. So it's like, okay, well, there is something there. And this um, is this is even I, with them being paid, right? They're paid, yeah. And, um, you know, I just – so I said, okay, I'm just going to do the two and we're going to see how it goes because I'd never run a peer group before. Um, and then uh, something really – miraculous happened um, to me to verify in my own mind that the groups were working and doing what I hoped they would do was that people would really coalesce into trusting each other completely. And a guy started to talk about his business and some of the business challenges. And he told the group, you know, his business challenges were actually related to his marriage. And the struggles and the lack of support there and, um, you know, that was leaking over into his business and was really causing him a a great deal, great deal of stress personally and a great deal of stress in the business because he had lost family support for running a small business. And family support is like critical for running a small business, as I'm sure that you know. You know, if you have someone in your life who's actively working against you from that business being what you need to know, what you know the business needs to be successful. Um, that's a huge challenge. So, so you know, so when a member opened up that way in a very personal, uh, you know, way, I said, okay, we're, 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 we're doing something really well here. We're doing, we're doing good work. And um, after that, I did create a group specifically for marketing, which, called, which was called Growth Group. Um, it was just a one-year, once-off, discrete start and end kind of thing. Um, that went really well, too. That also filled up immediately. Um, and then this year, I've expanded the peer groups into three. 
And then we also started something we're calling learning groups. Um, we have our first experiment with that one going. Um, and our learning group is on Intune, right? So it's different than the Facebook group. This is a, what we're calling a learning group. And we selected a textbook for Intune and said, okay, we're going to meet for six months, twice a week for two hours each session. We're going to limit it to 12 people. And we're going to um, sort of flip the script on learning, right? So we all go to lots of training programs and watch webinars and all this stuff. But it's really hard to get from the point of learning the technology to figuring out how you're going to implement it in your business and across your client base. You need those those SOPs developed too, right? And people you can talk to about how you're going to put this all together. So um, the way we flip the script on that is everybody goes out and studies a section of the book and attempts to implement it in either on themselves or in their in their uh, practice, you know, tenants that they've set up. And then they come to class and talk about how that went, what the questions are, what the problems were, what they ran into, review the draft SOPs that, that were created, make tweaks to those. So um, we're in our second month of that. It's going really, really well. That was, again, a thing that really surprised me on the interest because I thought, do people want to really join a class for six months? And they could take an Intune class somewhere for a week. And uh, we said, okay, we're going to have 12 people. You know, maybe we'll get we'll get 10 people or 12 people. We're going to cap it at 12, though, so we can make sure to have good conversations. And um, we got 48 people. I had mm-hmm. to reopen that class four times and get a second instructor to be able to to handle all the demand for that. And at 48, I was like, we're done. If I have to go more, I have to get a third instructor and getting people that are that in depth with the product isn't easy, right? I wanted to keep the quality very high. So, um, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. And that might be something that third tier does with other technologies as well. I've already had requests from people to do enter ID and also uh, defender. So we're looking at maybe, you know, doing some more interesting things with, with groups and group learning activities. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, I had a couple of notes here. One, uh, I was going to ask you about the fact that, you know, I've been part of a few peer groups and some were good, some were not. And one of the things that has to make the group good is the commitment of people to the group and, you know, a lot of peer groups, if they're not paid, you know, there's a lot of interest in the beginning. People fall off. You know, there's no real incentive to stay if you're, you know, if you're paying or you're learning. Uh, that's really good incentive. So I was, I was going to ask you in terms of, you know, the initial interest you got and then the commitment of people to follow through on the group. I have to assume from the way you're talking is it pretty much stayed consistent the whole way, right? Uh, yeah, pretty well. There's a, there's a little bit of turnover. Um, we were able to fill that right away. So the groups remain full. Um, but you know, the turnover was minimal. So, um, so between the, the growth group and the two peer groups, I think I, I think I had like four people, you know, drop out over the course of the, of the year. Um, 
and the the growth group you know the peer group seats were like six so they're they're really small the growth group had 25 people in it so um you know so or in total it wasn't wasn't too bad and and it kind of happened right at the beginning right right so somebody gets in and goes oh yeah this really isn't for me right they were looking for more technical support and it was like no no this is about this is really about business support right, right? and uh so so yeah it's uh it's been been pretty con- been been very consistent and uh we're into the second year and i would say probably 3 quarters of the people are also in their second year okay fantastic and then i wanted to go back and comment on the point that you made about somebody being willing to open up about the personal side of what we do because you are correct the family personal relationships tend to bleed over more than people will publicly admit and i have found that that's something you got to deal with and you you know talked about the fact that you know family support is one thing but there's a lot of people we're finding in the industry where family work in the business with us so sure. you've got yeah. to uh you've got to deal with that almost 24/7 you know trying to you know work together in the business and then work together in the house and mm-hmm. how do you keep personal professional from blending over so uh, that's a that's a big thing as well but the other side of that is being able to be honest and open with how things are really going, you know, yeah. is your, if your business is suffering, can you step back and look at what are the real reasons and finding the real peer group of people that you can trust, people that have been down the same road or on the same road as you and you can talk about shared experiences and how to help each other. Um, I don't know if there's a, a, a price that can be measured with that. It's 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 really invaluable to have people that you can talk to. Right? We're all we're, we all have a serious independent streak, right? Is that's why we started businesses in the first place, probably. <laughs> um, but it's still really valuable to talk to people that are like you, that have the same challenges as you, that are trying to reach the same goals that you are. And fortunately for us, our industry is big enough, and the opportunities are tremendous enough that we don't have to worry about competition you know what we have to what we have to worry about is educating ourselves on how to do things better because most of us are not business majors we've not run businesses before we're making it up as we go along (laughs) and uh you know so good good advice is 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 it is truly truly invaluable in having those close relationships where you have that trusted relation relations that's that, that's super important All right now the facebook groups obviously are not as involved or intense as the peer groups and no charge to be in the facebook groups but a lot of good information nonetheless so i was poking around was it last night or this morning when you guys posted that microsoft now allows for the multi-tenant defender yeah. uh, management. So what type of feedback have you gotten on that so far? Um, 
You know, I I spoke at SMB Tech Fest uh, earlier this month, and uh, I was doing a, uh, a session. Basically, it was about how MSPs need to work on modifying their business models so that we can be more proactive first, less so on the help desk ticket close speed time PKI, and more about how proactive we can be, how well we're dealing with security configurations. And I used Defender as my example of what it's like maybe for your help desk person to work in that environment. And, um, and of course, there were questions about, you know, how do I do that across all of my clients? How do I, how are my techs going to see everybody? And there's lots of third-party products to do that. And I had said at that time, Microsoft was coming out with um, a multi-tenant, but I hadn't seen it yet. So now that I've, I saw that they did announce it, and I, I actually tried it myself, and it's pretty cool. I can just make a connection to the clients that I'm allowed to manage through the – so if you have that relationship already set up in the partner portal with your clients where you're the – you know an, um, you're an administrator on their tenant, right? They've already approved that. In Defender, you'll see that list of clients, and you can just check off the ones that you want to see in Defender now – and when you make a configuration change or you're monitoring their security and their patches and all that, you'll see the whole scope of what that looks like across your entire client base. And so when you do something, you can push it out to whole groups of clients at once. It's um, It'll be really helpful. That'll be nice. And the ability to see, again, we always want that single dashboard that yep. we can, can do that. So that. That should be fantastic. Now, again, you mentioned you have to have the relationship set up. You have to be an admin in the tenant. Sorry, the lawn people are going by. I don't know. They're used couldn't to- even couldn't even hear them. Okay. It's all good about Zoom's pretty good about filtering out. Yeah. yeah, you know, one of the things I liked about the multi-tenant was, you know, you've got your list of clients there, so you can just check the ones that you want to deal with in a group. And then, you know, leave the others independent. Maybe they have specialized regulatory compliance or a different tolerance for for security settings, as we know some clients do. Um, So I can easily switch back and forth from dealing with a single tenant to getting that broader view across to everybody. I think there looks like they did a really nice job with it. But back to just the Facebook groups themselves. the ransomware and security group is really pretty darn active, um, and it's really about putting information out there of what's going on in the world so people can keep up with, with stuff. And then the Intune group is hit and miss, right? It's a lot of consuming and not right. a lot of commenting. So, um, yeah, but it's uh, it's got a nice group of, uh, of followers in it and when an issue sparks their interest you do see them coming in and and uh making some comments on it or working out a configuration i think the intune group will start to change here um now that the defender stuff is in there um you still deal with lighthouse in there and there will probably be although is it it's not even called intune anymore is it what's the name it it is called intune they still love you know 
Yeah, they, you know, you also you hear it referred to as Endpoint Manager, which at one right. point they were going to get rid of the Intune name and call it Endpoint Manager. Now they just call it Intune Endpoint Manager. Okay. <laughs> right, because the whole thing with changing from, you know, to Intra, you know, for, know. for the Azure AD stuff. So it's, it's going to be fun. But I think all of that's going to pick up. I believe, you know, if people haven't migrated to, even if it's a Azure AD, you know, it's going to start to happen. Even if people are on-prem, they're going to need hybrid stuff. So there's going to yeah, be a lot absolute, of Absolutely. There. And, you know, in Entra, there's so much now for identity security, which is critical in the conditional access, of course. Um, and then, you know, I, I was talking with um, uh, TechIsle the other day. They're a, um, if you guys aren't familiar with them, they're a, an analyst for, for our industry and they do a lot in the SMB space for figuring out trends and whatnot. And they, they work with the vendor community, but he was showing me, um, he showed me some of, of their recent re- research that showed that Intune was by far the most common uh, solution used for endpoint management. Really? I mean, the, the graph he showed Intune was like, you know, they had a bar that was, you know, four inches high and everybody else had a bar that was one inch high next to them. And it was all the familiar faces that we, we know as friendly vendors in our space, but there are so many of them. It's really highly fragmented. Um, but there seems to be a certain coalescence around, around Intune and managing, managing devices. And maybe it's because it manages all the devices. It'll manage Linux, Mac, iOS, Android, everything. Yeah, that has, uh, f- first of all, that's surprising that it would be that big of a difference. I didn't think it was that much. But the fact that Microsoft is really pushing to, you know, be able to manage everything. And mm-hmm. that's what we want. You know, when we go out and support our networks, you know, sometimes we can control <laughs> all the devices, but sometimes we can't. Yeah. But being able to manage them is yeah. is huge. So yeah, be- I think zero trust is finally uh, a a standard, and uh, it really helps you it's helps a, you develop at that. It's a standard, but I mean, I still have people. I'm actually fighting with. I'm not fighting a client that finally agreed to do multi-factor authentication on their 365. Oh, Marvin, you should have fired them years ago. I. <laughs> Trust me, I, I've let got me stories you, let me about that. I'll tell them. you a story about that. So, uh, in my MSP, gosh, I'm trying to think how many years ago it was now that we pushed out MFA to everybody, quite a few. And I just said, all right, we're doing this. And my techs were all super nervous. They were like, oh my God, we're going to get so many calls. People are going to be so unhappy. They're not going to like want to do this. And I'm uh, like, oh, you know, they're doing it at their bank, they're doing it at their credit card. It's just a thing that's. That's what they have to do. Oh, yep. they're not going to want to use their phone. They're not going to like the app. You know, they won't want to use their personal phone. Like they are just throwing up all kinds of, of roadblocks. And I'm like, I don't care. We're doing it. And we had uh, three clients who said, uh, we don't want to do this. All the rest of them did. And we had 80 clients. So, right, it's a very small percentage who balked. And I said, that's okay. I had my my opt-out letter ready. And I said, I just, I just need you to sign this, you know, opt out that you're not in, you don't, you don't want us to do MFA 
even though studies show that we can eliminate 99% of malware for your business if you do MFA. Well, nobody wanted to sign that. Of course. So they all they all grudgingly agreed to move forward. And um, one of one of those companies, about six months later, he sort of came to us hat in hand, and he was like, "Thank you for forcing me to do MFA." He goes, "I didn't want to do it. I gave you guys a lot of grief," and he did. He complained and whined, and you know he went kicking and screaming. And uh, um, he said, but he had been out golfing with some buddies that were also business owners, and everybody on his foursome except him had been ransomware. And he hadn't. And he said, I know it's because you forced me to do MFA. <laughs> so yeah. we took the win. <laughs> well, this, this client is, and I call them client loosely because they have been a co-managed client mm. that we have been trying to basically take over completely. And there is a there is a TJ on staff, uh, a tech junior, what I call them, okay. uh, who's there part-time. And we found out that he was Microsoft certified back in 1990-something. Oh, so he's not a young tech TJ. <laughs> no, he's not a young TJ. But he hasn't done tech since that certification. Oh. And – this was a situation where something happened to the previous tech. So they just asked him, Hey, could you help us do stuff? So he's there and he can basically do setups and install some software, no network management, which is how we got in there. But they, they fought us on all the stuff and we have been redoing our agreements so that we have the baseline. Here is the, the very least that you will do if you want us to service you. Right. And so because of that, they've not been wanting to sign a full managed service agreement with us. And they're like, well, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. I said, well, we're not really doing anything. Right. So, yeah, you know, your insurance company, uh, you know, they're not quite demanding that of us. Oh, yet. it's coming. As IT firms, it's, it's coming. It's coming. It's going to come fast. Yep. And so, you know, pretty soon you won't even have the option to work with that client unless they unless they're willing to right. come up to some base base level standard. Well, yeah, that's what I've been telling him and it's just a matter of I said it's only a matter of time before you call one day and we say we can no longer help you. But uh was it 3 weeks ago they called because one of their emails had been compromised. And had sent out something to another organization, and it was a big deal. And the owner who called, he, he soon as he picked up, as soon as I picked up the phone, he said, "So we should have been doing that thing you told us about, right?" I said, "Yeah." <laughs> it's funny how they're willing to spend the money when something bad happens. Yeah. So yeah. we're we're halfway there. So we got multi-factor. We're upgrading there. This was a company that was just on 365 Basic with a few premiums out there. I'm sorry, a few standards. And right. we told them, I said, you got to get up to premium. Yeah, that's, that's the that's that's the bottom that's the bottom license level for me. Yeah, Microsoft 
365 business premium. There, there is no less than that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of companies out there, and this is one that they're they're a client that they don't have anything to do with compliance. They're kind of on their own. They're kind of in between retail and entertainment. So of course. You know, the bad guys don't want us. I'm like, I, you, you guys don't understand. Bad guys don't care. You have money. You so. have money and you also have connections and they're willing to exploit yeah. all of those things. And you have data that you don't want to lose. Right. So anyway, well, we we, uh, we wandered off into the rant zone, but that, <laughs> that frequently happens. Uh, so, Amy, I'm going to have all of the links for third tier. Um, I'm going to have the links to both of your Facebook groups. Is there – I'm going to go look for Tech Isle since you mentioned them. I'll put a link in for that. Uh, any other thing that I should tell uh, listeners or place a link in the show notes for? Um, no. If you just do the, the website and if folks are interested in joining us for some future learn groups, if you haven't been to the website before, you'll get the – the very common pop-up saying here, sign up for the, for the list. I don't send a lot of emails out if you're on that, that mailing list. So what, but, but I will when new groups open, when new learning groups open, when we're doing something interesting. So if you want to find out about that stuff, get, you can get on that, on that list. And folks, even if you just go to the website and you want to learn something without signing up for anything, they've got links right on the front page uh, t- today up there, how to secure your network from OAuth permissions uh, with a whole article there that you can just learn without signing up, which should incentivize you to go sign up. Yeah, you'll see on the blog, I actually have them categorized into stuff. So I just wanted it to be easier to find. So there's an enter category, a co-pilot category, a defender category. There's a fourth one. What's the fourth one? Uh where am I at here? Enter, enter, defender, enter, defender, co-pilot. I'm drawing a blank. It's not in front of my my face. Yeah, so. I'm like clicking on the website. I don't know if I can get there in time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Amy, thank you for coming on the show and chatting with us about your groups. And I should tell the listeners, uh, you're going to be back at some point in the future because we are going to talk about the National Society of IT Service Providers. Yeah, that's another another passion of mine. Um, yeah, we don't we don't have any respect in our industry, right? Nobody knows that we exist. I mean, they do know that we're out here, but they don't see us as an industry. They just see us as a bunch of mom and pop shops and IT people. And um, you know, so we're not taken seriously. That means. Insurance companies, regulators, business, um, they can just do whatever they want, and we don't have any input. And we're getting to the point where we're mature enough that we should we should have input on those things. We should have a seat at the table. We should be recognized as, as an industry with clout. And um, that's ultimately the goal of NSITSP. And so I look forward to telling you all about what we're doing over there. We've got a lot of exciting things going on. Look forward to that because we do need a seat at the table. And we need to have those companies that are trying to make those decisions for us. Some of them don't even understand what it is we do. 
Exactly. And they just want to throw out stuff. And then we're asked to do things. And not only are we disrespected, but we're undercompensated for for what they want us to do and don't want to pay us for. So, yeah, be uh, looking forward when we talk about that, folks, and come out and pay attention. The National Society of IT Service Providers. I'll have a link to that website as well so that you can go ahead and sign up if you want to do so before we're on the show. Amy, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the invite. All right. That's going to do it, folks. Uh, We'll be back soon with another episode, whether by audio or the weekly live show. For all things IT Business Podcast related, head over to the website. Simple enough to remember, itbusinesspodcast.com. And we'll see you soon. Until then, holla.